study today is on the fountain for sin and uncleanness. Consuls on Health, uh, page uh, 210. Wonderful is the life which God designs to accomplish through his servants, that his name may be glorified. God made Joseph a fountain of life to the Egyptian nation. Through Joseph, the life of that whole people was preserved. Through Daniel, God saved the life of all the wise men of Babylon. And these deliverances were as object lessons. They illustrated to the people the spiritual blessings offered them through connection with the God whom Joseph and Daniel worshiped. And through his people, God today desires it to bring blessings to the world. Every worker in whose heart Christ abides, everyone who will show forth his love to the world is a worker. God is love and to serve God, to work for God, uh, it is necessary to also have love in our heart for him and for his uh, children, our brothers and sisters. We can't actually serve God without it, and we can't actually be a conduit of his power for good, uh, uh, to do good, if we don't have uh, that love. We can go through the motions, but we won't be an actual conduit. God desires to bring blessings to the world. Every worker in whose heart God, uh, Christ abides, everyone who will show forth his love to the world is a worker together with God for the blessing of humanity. As he receives from Christ, sorry, as he receives from the Savior grace to impart to others, from his whole being flows forth the tide of spiritual life. Christ came as the great physician to heal the wounds that sin has made in the human family. And his spirit, working through his servants, imparts to sin-sick, suffering human beings a mighty healing power that is efficacious for the body and the soul. In that day, says the, the scripture, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness, Zechariah 13.1. The waters of this fountain contain medicinal properties that will heal both physical and spiritual infirmities. From this fountain flows the mighty river seen in Ezekiel's vision. These waters issue out toward the east country and go, through, go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth uh, uh, into the sea, the water shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth whatsoever, whithersoever the river shall uh, come, shall live. And by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for the meat 
uh, for me, whose leaf, leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters have issued out from of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for meat as medicine. Ezekiel 47, 8 to 12, and that is from Consuls on Health, page 210. Now, Sister White quoted and applied uh, Ezekiel 47, uh, along with the fountain, the river, but she didn't interpret it. the prophecies were not just for our time, but they are especially for our time. There's a little difference there. Sometimes we think that everything is only just for us. It is for us and for those who came before. The Bible was good for them as well as us. The prophecies are deliberately hidden in a symbolic code. And the message teaches that they are hidden from uh, the enemy and his agents. Uh, he does it, he would like to know what is going to happen. And he tries to know, he studies, he's a diligent student, we know. But it is not given to anyone to understand the sealed prophecies except uh, it be by inspiration. And the inspired interpreter for our time is Brother Haudif, and it, these prophecies are open to us. But that doesn't mean they couldn't be applied before, just as Sister White has done, and many other people have done before, and, uh, and correctly so. Luther uh, cert, uh, I, even though I didn't look, certain, uh, very likely William Miller. Uh, Miller was a very um, prolific applier, uh, uh, a, a student of prophecy, and uh, he had many applications of prophecy that would be quite amazing to you if you saw it. But he wasn't called to be Elijah and to interpret these things for our day. And so ministers and church teachers have been applying prophecy. They've been applying things from the Bible for thousands of years, and rightly so. We call it a homiletic application. And this is an example right here. Sister White applying, but not interpreting, Ezekiel 47. And it's correct. It's okay uh, because the Bible, while especially for us, was not only for us, okay? They are allowed to benefit from uh, the truths that the Lord has for them, those in the past. And sometimes we have a very narrow vision of things, and we see only ourselves. And it was necessary, and it is still necessary, for the Lord to encode the Bible prophecy. Before it's time to understand something, it will not be understood, even by the prophet himself. Even if he talks about it, he won't understand it. 
And since he cannot, it's not that the Lord can't trust Brother Hadith, but if he understands it, someone else, some enemy might understand it too. So until it is time for these things to be understood, they remained sealed. But once they're unsealed, it is for us to know them, us today. And we talk about the fountain, the fountain, but it's not the fountain that is the real truth, the message says. It's a symbol of the truth. And we need to understand what these things represent. There isn't a literal fountain, you know, but it is the truth symbolized by these things that is important. And that's what we'll be dealing with as briefly as we can, okay? Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we have the privilege of coming together on this Sabbath afternoon uh, to uh, worship thee and to uh, learn of thee uh, uh, the things that you have uh, made known for us uh, for today. We thank you for this message that you have sent us, and we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to to learn uh, of these things and to be part of this uh, 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 great people that you are forming. We pray that you will continue to watch over us here at Bashan to direct us in the way that we should go. And we pray that you will also uh, uh, watch over in the same way all of your children uh, wherever they are. And we pray for special blessings and protections uh, to those who have uh, illnesses, those who have um, those who are in need of the basic uh, necessities of life, we pray that you will watch over them and that you will bring these things to the knowledge of those who are able to help and that all of us uh, who have the ability to help will uh, do your work uh, in, in whatever way you, uh, you have us to do. We pray that the things that we hear will be a blessing that it will be, it will clarify these things in our mind, and it will, we will be uh, uh, our our determination to be part of the great uh, army of the 144,000 will be uh, strengthened even more, if possible. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, from 2SR page uh, 297. Uh, it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand to pick up from what we were reading from Sister White. <clears throat> the fishers shall stand upon Engedi, even unto Eniglam. Uh, they, the two cities, shall be a place to spread forth nets. Ezekiel 47.10. These two cities reveal that the fish are caught in two places. Engedi, SDA, church, where the 144,000 are gathered, the first fruits, in Eglium, Babylon, or the world, where the great multitude of Revelation 7 9 are gathered. The diagram on, chart, on the chart, page 294, represents the SDA church in Gedi as it becomes the house of David. And the place of the river in Eglium denotes the world. 
The stream from the fountain where it starts to the east represents the 144,000, and the river stands for the great multitude. These things highlighted are the truth that we need to remember. The symbols are just a way of conveying that down to our time. They are an encoding system, a way of hiding the truth from those who need it hidden in the past and revealing it to us and confirming it in our, in our minds and hearts uh, today. There is a river, uh, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall be her help, and that right early. Psalms 46, five and four and five. Okay, so normally we would uh, shift over to uh, the river, but this is not a study on the river, the mighty river of Ezekiel 47. But there is one thing to pay attention to that she said here. It's highlighted here, the diagram on, on the chart, page 294, represents the SDA church as it becomes the house of David. Now, that is a important thought here. It is a inspired thought, and we need to understand it, but we need not to fly past it. Now, what the Brother Hadith is saying is the chart on the, the diagram on the chart, page 294, that's where the chart is, uh, uh, represents the SDA church. And we see there a fountain, don't we? And we will see that fountain in a bigger size too, here, uh, slightly. So there has been a fountain uh, uh, for Judah and Jerusalem to wash, sorry, there has been opened a fountain for Judah and Jerusalem to wash from all uncleanness and sin. Uh, Testimonies to Ministers, page 450. So um, this is correct. There's nothing strange or unusual. Uh, uh, the fountain actually was opened from a, a long time before. We're not going to go into the full uh, things about that, but it's uh, an important thought. But uh, let us continue. Now, it's important we talk about these names, fountain, this, that, but you, you know, uh, as I mentioned, it is not the symbols, but what the symbols represent that is important. This is a fundamental um, misapprehension of many Many, I would say, the majority of Davidians today, but that's going to uh, uh, hopefully uh, change. We want to see the majority of Davidians uh, actually go all the way. But the fact is that the message explicitly teaches and says that it is the truth that is important that these symbols represent. So we talk about uh, um, the stream. Uh, uh, it represents the 144,000. The river stands for the great multitude, and um, the diagram represents the SDA church, okay, as it becomes the house of David. And as what, what it's saying is these things, um, they're paper representations, pa words on paper, pictures on papers, 
but they represent a concept that is uh, valid over time. It's not just one thing. Now, what, what we haven't seen here is what is the fountain? What does the fountain represent? And we don't conjecture on any of these things. All of these things are defined in the message. We don't have to make up things. Not that we do, not that anybody does. I'm not saying that. I'm, all I'm saying is a principle to, to keep in mind and to follow, okay? Now, you will see that this is a pretty insignificant beginning here, and rapidly it gets bigger. Okay, that's something to note, even though I cut out the rest. And um, there, um, this fountain is, the, the whole diagram is a, it, it's a picture, but it represents a, a multitude of, of time, of, of points in time, from the Adventist church to the house of David in the kingdom. One picture can't actually do it, but the words and the picture tells us what it means. It will be noticed that as Ezekiel first saw the waters by the side of the altar, they were of little significance. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about these things, even though this is not the key point of the study, but we're just going to touch on the meaning of the, the chart briefly, but fairly comprehensively in the end. And um, we want to know uh, that um, it was of little significance to begin with in comparison to what it became. We are of little significance, except in our own minds sometimes, okay? But we are of little significance, brethren. But it will rapidly grow. And the work, as it, as it gets going um, for the um, world, will grow very rapidly, okay? Now, one point that I have made here is that there are some bends in the past to certain people. Is as we see the diagram, we see that um, the 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 stream, the rivulet, has some bends, but at no point does it go backward. Okay, and at no point is there a constriction. Okay, there's no bottleneck. You see that the river continues on and on uh, at the same size and gradually increasing, but it never increases and then goes back. Okay, that's an important thing. The, the symbols convey the truth here. Okay, this river is a real thing. It's 144,000 uh, um, before they are revealed to the world. Okay, at the beginning here. Uh, as, it's, as in that transitional period from the SDA church to the house of David. And never is the river restricted down. People think that the knockout blow was a restriction. It wasn't. The river did not flow backward and the river was not closed in. What happened there is if we look right here, we'll see that it flows about the same. Okay, it doesn't increase. And even during that period, that so-called knockout blow period, which is real, it's a real knockout blow. It, it, it didn't destroy the message, but it knocked out Carmel, the last Carmelite uh, phase of it for sure. But um, the message still continued to grow. You still had new people coming in. 
Okay. Um, there were new people moving at the top too. Brother Wesley Green uh, was a helper in the educator office in 1959 and 60 uh, and 61. And he was an executive council member in the uh, Bayesian Association to begin with. He was a new Davidian. He wasn't a Mount Carmel era Davidian, as far as I know. I know his name is Green, but he's a different Green, <laughs> completely unrelated to the uh, Green family uh, uh, that uh, of, um, I think it was Oregon and the members who moved to Carmel. Um, another new Davidian uh, was um, O.A. Atwood. Uh, he came in uh, around this period right here. And um, he founded the current Waco Association in 1965. A new Davidian, a new person moving toward the front ranks, more or less. Uh, uh, perhaps not in the exact right direction uh, that the, he, he could have gone, but uh, his heart was certainly in his work of, uh, of, of first suing Sister Howdoff and then establishing that little association, which uh, did not actually go anywhere until the breakaways from um, Mountaindale joined that association and it became a, a Waco that we know it today. But um, no constriction. Okay, keep that in mind. The river never is constricted, never moves backward. As the tiny rivulet immediately swells, this is the proof, it does swell, okay? Into a mighty river, it represents something uh, very rapid growth. Prophetically, this is what the message teaches. We uh, will see this. We see that straight air period, that period of uh, where things remained about the same, but there will be a time when it moves very rapidly. The waters that make up this mighty river represent a multitude of saints. Okay, so the, the, the saints are the 144,000 in the first part, the great multitude in the second part, but that's what the river represents, multitude of saints. And the saints shall come in contact with, eternal, with the eternal nations. Who are the eternal nations? The unfallen people, we, what, we might call them uh, righteous aliens, okay? We might say uh, aliens from other planets. Uh, we are aliens to them. They are not exactly aliens to us. We are aliens from God in this, on this planet. But they never fell. Okay, so these are the sons of God, uh, children of God on other planets. The saints shall come in contact with the eternal nations who know not sin. And being brought forth, we must be healed before we meet each other. We will not meet aliens on this side of that healing. It's an it's a interesting thought. If someone says differently, they don't know what is embedded in the message. If we do meet, what does that mean? It means that they are not the true sons of God, okay? <laughs> if you're not a son of God, we know, we know, <laughs> okay. 
The facts of this symbol prove that this is the last section of God's church, the church that shall be translated without tasting death. Get, this is the exciting part, okay? This is the, uh, the, uh, the part, the, the payoff of the whole study. It proves that this last section of God's church will, not, uh, will be translated, will not taste death. Get ready, get ready, get ready. We are now standing on the winds of eternity, life that shall never cease. This is what God says, and he says we have to behave in a certain way. Interestingly enough, Satan is also saying the same thing, that you can, uh, perhaps it, you can have immortality. Uh, that is on a news page I saw uh, not too long ago. Uh, I didn't click on it because it was, uh, to me, it was uh, total nonsense that I've seen raised again and again. But um, there are scientists out there who think that they can do these things. And they can do some things, okay? They cannot uh, reach for the tree of life all, uh, in the way they want to, but they can, do, they can do some things for health and benefits. And also, who knows, it, it could end up in, with side effects that are not so good too. So we don't, um, we don't jump overboard on those things. But the point is, as soon as the Lord has his plans uh, out there manifest, the enemy is going to come with his uh, counterfeit. Oh, same, uh, uh, he's going to counterfeit whatever. We teach this, he's going to be teaching that other. Scientists have think that they are on track of immortality or some nonsense. But one thing we know from all this uh, um, knowledge increasing so rapidly, and from the message, of course, we are in the last days. Time is running down. If any Davidian is not so sure about that, uh, it, that Davidian needs to go back to the message and, and, and reread it. Time is running down to the end. So we didn't uh, define the fountain. Let us uh, see what the, is the, what the fountain does. What is the purpose of this fountain that is our subject? This is from Bayesian Newsletter, page 4, October 2009. Now, we, we are comfortable using the bound up because we know that it's the bound up rod. It's not the bound up ideas. And um, I'm using this, though, as a help in this case, just to let people understand what Bashan is taught. But this is what the message teaches and what the spirit prophecy teaches. Uh, uh, very, um, uh, uh, to a degree that is um, uh, uh, said and said and said again. We long for the day when the fountain uh, shall be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem uh, for sin and for uncleanness. Okay, so uh, let me read the parenthesis. Um, we long for the day when the fountain shall be, open, uh, sh uh, shall be opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness, per, uh, uh, brackets, Sickness, okay? Now, that is a distinction that the message makes for sin 
and uncleanness, two things. And Sister White says in 6227, the waters of this fountain contain medicinal properties that will heal both physical and spiritual infirmities. Now, she did not have the degree of light that um, Brother Hadaf had. That doesn't mean she had error. Keep that in mind. Uh, what she had still came from God. And it does have uh, uh, medicinal properties in the sense that uh, medicine is healing and, and so on. Uh, but what is this fountain? Is it water? No. Is it real? It's, it's real in a spiritual sense, but it's not real in the sense that it is there in the sanctuary, there in the kingdom somewhere, in the temple. It is not, it, that, that's not what it is. Also in the day, further says that Zechariah, there will be a fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Zechariah 13.1, when this fountain for sin and for uncleanness is finally opened to the house of David, the crowning evidence will be seen that the consolidation of the two kingdoms is an accomplished fact and that, there, and that the time has come for the proclamation of the gospel in all the world. So this is put in, I'm using this statement to help us with the when part, okay? This is going to be when the time comes for the loud cry. When, where will we be? We will be in the kingdom. And that is when this fountain is going to be opened. So I thought the fountain was already um, open. So we have to harmonize these things. The message is full of these things. If we, uh, if we don't um, understand that um, there can be um, historical, traditional applications of a prophecy, uh, a correct as well as present truth interpretations of prophecy, we will forever be perplexed on these things. And we don't need to be perplexed. We have present truth today. We have the symbolic code uh, decoding the meaning. We have the prophet decoding the meaning of these things for us today. These things are especially applicable today, Sister White says, to us. But then we also have the historical application and usage of, of these. And Sister White did make a homiletic application. Uh, okay, we saw that. So uh, I, I hope we can see how something can be um, both opened and not opened. Um, and the, the, the truth here, though, is uh, it is open, and it is opened in a special way. This fountain is over time. But remember, the fountain is in that diagram. That diagram is over a period of time. That is, that is the key understanding. Go back to page, uh, to what Brother Hadoff says here. The diagram on, chart, on the chart, page 294, represents the SDA church as it becomes the house of David. Okay, so that's the thought that we wanted uh, there. And um, it's, it helps us harmonize these things and understand uh, these things. Okay, so what is the fountain? We, we talk about when, what, I mean, what it does, what it accomplishes, and so on. But we need to also 
understand what is. I mean, when people talk, one, one of the problems I see with Davidians uh, is they will put a pile abstraction on abstraction. And then they will try to reason with abstractions, okay? With those second or third level abstractions is foolishness. Uh, simplify down to reality and reason with on the reality. Okay, so instead of talking about the fountain, the fountain, talk about what it is. Talk about, give it, it's for us, it's okay. It's okay for us to know these things and to say these things. It wasn't before, but now the truth is given to us and we need to appreciate it and use it. Okay, so what is the fountain actually in, 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 uh, defined as? The power that is able to wash away the filthiness of any man is opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and is represented by the fountain of Zechariah's prophecy. Okay, now that's not a full and complete definition because you, there are uh, other things that go, uh, that, that uh, this is the redeeming power of Christ, okay? Uh, th th this is, um, uh, uh, there is, uh, 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 we're not trying to give you the full definition, but this is a, a, a working definition here that is correct, of course. And is the power is represented by the fountain of Zechariah's prophecy. All restoring power comes from him. He has, we're, this is a uh, confirming um, statement from the spirit of prophecy. Uh, all restoring power comes from him. He has opened a fountain to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. He gives each one an invitation to come and be healed and to drink of the water of life. Let us not trust in ourselves, but in Jesus, the power of Jesus. Okay? Our Father cares, uh, page 264. When the house, when is the fountain opened? Okay, now we did touch on that. It's uh, at the time of the loud cry, uh, the beginning of the loud cry. And it's when the house of David has come into existence, fully come into existence. Um, the house of David must come into existence before the cleansing fountain is open. Uh, that the cleansing begins with the cutting off of the names of the idols and the throwing out of the land the false prophets and the unclean spirits. So there is a special cleansing that uh, we undergo at that time. Uh, and uh, there is, it is a special uh, outpouring of the Lord's power. Now, now one of the things that the message does is teach, uh, of course it teaches the same thing, we have the same truth, but from different angles, different prophetic directions. And sometimes people will, this is another common error of Davidians, they will focus closely on one prophetic train of thought and totally ignore the related uh, um, uh, rod prophecies uh, that use a different name, a different symbology for the same thing. It's not necessary to focus so finely as to uh, be uh, uh, unaware, uh, uh, as it were, of things, that, uh, other ways that the Lord, Lord teaches the same thing. I'll give you an example. We all 
know about the kingdom prophecy, Zion and Jerusalem, the message going out from Zion and Jerusalem. A lot of people don't realize, though, that Gilead, of course, is in um, is the kingdom period. Uh, it is simply another prophetic uh, symbology pointing in the same thing, teaching the same truth, but it uses a different name. And so people uh, who are used to focusing on one thing, it's like totally unconnected. Uh, are you going to the kingdom? Yes. Are you going to be in Gilead? Never, brother. <laughs> not, not going. <laughs> uh, and so this is a real thing. It may be a little humorous, but it's a fundamental error. You teachers, you need to be aware of these things. Cross reference the, the different truths. Uh, it, it's a powerful thing. Use, teach our truth from, uh, use all of our truth when you're teaching. It, it, is, uh, it is very powerful. Okay, so the house of David must, uh, that the cleansing with the, uh, begins with the cutting off. Okay, the cleansing begins, uh, uh, and that's the cleansing of the church, the cleansing of the people in the land. Uh, um, it's when the house of David comes fully into existence. The gospel is to be preached to the poor, not to the spiritually proud. Those who claim uh, to be rich and in need of nothing is it revealed, but to those who are humble and contrite. Now, that is a lesson to us. I know it's a side issue from what our main subject is, but if you want to go and teach to the ministry, the Esauite ministry, and you want to report to me, you're teaching to ministers and so on, you, you, uh, you need to know that I will not be impressed. Okay, already I am not impressed. Uh, if there is a Elder Wilson out there, good. There was one Elder Wilson at Mount Carmel. Perhaps we will have two uh, here at Bashan, if the Lord blesses us. But um, the gospel is not revealed to those who claim to be in need of nothing. You, you can, uh, you can uh, bring uh, a Laodicean to the water of life, but you can't make him a drink of it. You can't make him partake of it, truly. It's a waste of your time if he refuses. One fountain only has been, but it is revealed, but the truth will be revealed to those who are humble and contrite. One fountain only has been open for sin, a fountain for the poor in spirit. It is free to all who thirst for the water of life. Okay, and I'm just, that's the, this uh, fountain has been opened. Uh, it has been opened um, from the time of, of Christ's sacrifice. And uh, to get the full understanding, we'd have to go back there, but we are going to uh, continue now uh, in our time. The Church of Christ is called to be holy, a holy, powerful people, a name and praise in all the earth. There has been opened a fountain for Judah and Jerusalem to wash from all uncleanliness and sin. Now, it fits perfectly that Judah and Jerusalem, both today and tomorrow, are going to have this fountain, uh, this, the, the fountain that is, uh, exists through time. And... Um, the fountain is open today, but is it opened in the full Pentecostal sense that it's going to be open then? No, it is not. 
Can, can the Lord heal you today of your physical infirmities? Yes, he can. And can you go as Peter and Paul and so on and, and heal people and raise people up from the dead and so on? Don't try, brethren. It will be presumptuous. We do not live in that time. So the fountain has been opened for Judah and Jerusalem to wash from all uncleanliness and sin. And in this case, it is a spiritual cleansing. But in the kingdom, when the fountain is opened, it will actually be a cleansing of our physical um, uh, frailties, our, our health, the, the problems that we have. So the, the day these things happen is the day that they are, there is found in their mouth uh, no guile. Uh, indeed, coming down to here, indeed, these first uh, written uh, words of the prophets and the apostles, sorry, indeed, these first fruits are invested with even greater power and authority. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. So this is the day, okay, that day. And that's what we want to establish uh, when these things are going to be in that day. This is the day when the fountain for sin and uncleanliness is finally opened to the house of David and the crowning, uh, the crowning evidence will be seen that the consolidation of the two kingdoms is accomplished facts and, 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 and that the time has come to proclaim the gospel to the world. Okay, so... There are some people who do not uh, maybe fully understand how things can be both um, open in one sense and not open in another sense. We have to understand that it's open now in the sense that the rivulet is flowing east. There's a eastward uh, uh, direction of the movement. And this is and there is an important um, spiritual lesson in this for us. Then he said unto me, the waters issue out towards the east country and go to, down to enter the desert and go into the sea, Ezekiel 47, 8. It is remarkable to note how perfect these symbols are in each instance. The direction of the compass denotes that the message of the gospel. Now, what is perfect? Everything that you can conceive of, the, it is perfect to one the symbols that he interprets. Anyone can do this interpretation, but not anyone can do it under inspiration. And uh, if, we, if we say something that is not in the message, if, if, the, if it's not, if, this, if Brother Hadith raises the, the issue the, uh, of the symbol, the, the type and anatype, uh, that's fine. We can talk about it. If he doesn't talk about it, we can't talk about it. We could, we could make up our own uh, uh, things, but if we, if we, it, but we can't do it as inspired truth from uh, of the rod. A lot of people do this, though. They think uh, since Brother Adolf does it, they can do it. Evidently, it is remarkable to note how perfect these symbols are in each instance. This direction of the compass denotes that the message of the loud cry is to start eastward when it first it is first revealed. Uh, this is a inspired interpretation by the prophet. When you, when you hear this, it sounds reasonable, it sounds correct, you believe it. But 
Um, who would have thought about it? Yeah, we know this, we, we don't know this, but if you hadn't read this, how many other people would read this and understand it like that? They wouldn't, okay? They, ha they have not the slightest idea, uh, non-Davidians, that this is what it means, okay? That this is what the sy symbols uh, show. It takes inspiration. And we don't go to the Bible ourselves, we use Brother Harris' interpretation. It, we, it's, to, it's a total loss to us if we go to the Bible and start speaking in symbols when he's interpreted, he's simplified those symbols, as it were, into the reality, into concrete things. In this case, uh, eastward, the message starts, uh, goes eastward from California. The church membership uh, being largely east of Cal, uh, California and across the Atlantic, naturally, the message must start toward the east. This symbolical prophecy reveals that the message of the loud cry is to originate in California. Now, this message of the loud cry uh, is uh, um, uh, the loud cry. Well, this is the 11th hour message. But the 11th hour message sounds before the 11th hour. It starts in California. And... Um, uh, this, the loud cry, the 11th hour message, originates in uh, California. East being the biblical direction of idolatry, it also, and there's a second level meaning here, okay? It also signifies that the message is headed toward the conversion of sinners and the destruction of idolatry. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered. Also, I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirits to pass out of the land. Zechariah 13, 2, uh, 2SR uh, 2.97. So, east, going east, it shows that the message is to do a work, cutting off... Uh, 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 converting uh, sinners and, dis and destroying idols. Uh, and that's a very uh, interesting um, uh, message. There, uh, undoubtedly, um, it will uh, have uh, application to us and, and, uh, and um, benefit to us in different ways. But right now, uh, it's something that um, should be encouraging to us. This message is a insignificant, it has, it has little significance now, but it will do a, a certain work in the future. The conversion of sinners and the destruction of idolatry. It has been evident uh, for some time uh, that it would soon be necessary to seek a more central location for the office in order to serve the whole field efficiently. So those at headquarters have been praying very earnestly over this matter for many months. And as they kept on praying for light, the Lord finally made, indicated uh, definitely that beautiful Southern California was no longer to remain the center of his work, but an eastward course was to be seen in the stream. So we, we see that the stream was in place at that time. Uh, the stream is from the fountain. Uh, the, the fountain is in place in, in, uh, in a degree at that time. 
And it's important to understand uh, these things have an application there, but their primary application will be later. And we will, we will uh, show that, I think, uh, from the message uh, conclusively. Okay, so beautiful Southern California is where the message prophetically originated, and now it will no longer remain the center of his work, but it will have an eastward uh, movement. So the, 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 um, the message will continue moving eastward. Now, that's important because whatever the Lord says, Satan is going to say the opposite. If the Lord says eastward, what will Satan say? Westward. Westward, brethren, westward. Okay? That is what, if you have moved east and then you have moved west, you have disobeyed of your headquarters. You have disobeyed the Lord, point blank. So they have to teach that the fountain is not open, that the river is not uh, 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 in effect. The whole symbolism on page, uh, what was it, 294, uh, is not in effect now, okay? Contradicting point blank what Brother Hadith taught. Uh, the, once you start contradicting the truth, it's like a lie. You have to add more uh, contrary teachings on and on to support your originally con original contrary teaching. But brethren, the fountain is open and it is flowing east. Okay, so in that day there, will, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Note that this fountain is able to wash away two things, first sin and second uncleanness. What is the difference between one and the other? Sin is the transgression of the law, and the result of sin is the decay of the body. So Brother Hadaf is saying here, very directly and, and teaching, uh, and, and we do teach this, that um, there will be aged men and women in the kingdom, but they will not be sick aged men and women in the kingdom, will there? They will be healed. They will be um, uh, healed of their the, the uncleanliness of their age and the, the effects of the age and uh, the decay uh, that comes from sin, original sin and, and, and our own sin too. So is that in effect right now? It's not in effect, brethren. Okay, but it will be, okay? That second part, that two parts, okay? Now, um, this fountain that is able to wash away sin, can, is it possible to have your sins washed away? Yes, it is, brethren. It is. And it not only is, it's necessary. Okay, so uh, that we have a seeming... Uh, contradiction in the message that we must harmonize. Uh, remember that the, mes the, the um, message gives us an instruction. I don't have it here up, but it is, we must read the message in such a way as to read it in harmony with itself, not in opposition, okay? Pe there's some people who like to read things in opposition and then throw away half of it. But what to read the message in harmony means that you have a, a harmonious understanding of both sides. You don't put them to uh, oppose, you put them to harmonize, to join together. 
And we are instructed and required to understand the message in that way. So we have an apparent contradiction, but it's not in a contradiction, brethren, not at all. Okay, so we have two, uh, uh, we have a fountain that is able to wash away two things, first sin and second uncleanness. And cleanness uh, in this sense is defined as the newsletter said earlier and, and Sister White as uh, sickness, uh, ill health, problems, health problems of all kinds. Sin uh, is the decay of the body. God is able to heal the soul and body, but he will not heal the latter before he has healed the former. Sin first, then uncleanliness. This is 2SR 291. <clears throat> I will also save you from all your uncleanliness, and I will call for corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you, Ezekiel 36, 29. The power that is able to wash away the filthiness of every man is represented to the house of David uh, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, uh, and is, sorry, it's open to the house of David and the uh, uh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and is represented by the fountain of Zacharias' prophecy. Now, I want to make a point. Um, is opened to the house of David. It is opened to the house of David. It didn't say um, that it was, that the Lord uh, saved no man before, healed no man before. It's specifically opened then. And it's opened full. It's poured out, okay? Pentecostal power. And that comes, though, remember, everybody wants the Pentecostal power. They don't want the, the, the latter rain uh, power, but they don't want the latter rain truth in their heart. It comes first. But that's what brings the second part. And we have to have that first part, the love of God in our life. Without the love of God, we're never going to get uh, the cleansing, uh, that, uh, the, uh, the power, uh, the Pentecostal power. It says Ezekiel in the five and 20th year of their captivity and the 14th year after the city was smitten, in the selfsame day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me thither, Ezekiel 41. As recorded in the 47th um, chapter of Ezekiel, uh, chapter Ezekiel was shown in vision certain particulars of the temple building some years before the Israelites were made free from Babylonian captivity. It has been previously explained that the temple erected after their captivity was a type of this particular church in the time of the loud cry, House of David. Therefore, the river coming out of the temple, according to Ezekiel's vision, is applicable at this time and is but the expansion of this fountain that is being in, that is to be in the house of David, the, uh, the church. From this fountain flows the mighty river in Ezekiel's vision. Now, the fountain is available in one sense even now. We, uh, some people have thought that Brother Hadith made a mistake when he said, uh, paraphrasing that any, any who live this message will not die. Okay, it is impossible for anyone who, who lives, who believes the message and lives the message to die. And some have thought that Brother Hadith made a slight mistake there. He didn't make a mistake, brethren. We have to not only believe, but uh, practice, live. Okay, have, and have, has there been a Davidian who lived the message perfectly? 
There has been none, none of us, brethren. And right now, we still are very, very imperfect. And we know we are imperfect, but we make excuses and we go about the, the next day doing the same thing over again, the same mistakes too, and making the same excuses again. And when we stop, that's when uh, this power will start to flow. It is available. It's not the special Pentecostal power that will be poured out upon everyone then and when the weakest will be as David, but it is still available. Uh, the Lord does not lie. <clears throat> this will be uh, uh, ne next to the last closing point. Also in that day, further says Zechariah, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. If you open something to someone, it is, suggests a special, I mean, uh, you're opening it to them. You're not opening it to this other person. Uh, the Lord is opening the fountain to them specially. It's not open now in, in this sense. Um, it will be open then. And it is a, it is a fountain open to the house of the David. Now we read this and say the fountain is opened uh, then, but it didn't say that. It said the fountain is open too. And uh, the fountain is, uh, to read this and say the fountain is opened then is to read it a different way than what the, the truth is that the Lord wants us to understand. So the, the, the special outpouring of uh, Pentecostal power the special outpouring of power, uh, uh, the cleansing power. This power, this is not a sin cleansing. This is a uncleanness cleansing in the, in the kingdom. If we still have open sin at that time, we're not there. Okay? <clears throat> we are sealed. Once we are sealed, nothing can um, affect us. We are sealed. We are... Um, I know we mostly think about when we are sealed, nothing can harm us. Not, no physical weapon can touch us. But it's even more important to understand, once you are sealed, you will not be a, uh, liable to the weapons of sa Satan, his temptations and so on. Not in the sense that you will be injured, that you will fall. You're still tempted. You can be tempted you, uh, in the sense that a temptation floats past you, but you are not liable to that temptation. Just as a sword cannot harm you, neither can the enemy's temptations harm, harm you. You cannot engage in sin. You are sealed. If you were going to engage in sin, you're not sealed at that time, brethren. You're among those who are slain. And that's a simple uh, point there. So... The fountain that is opened is it, it is, uh, and it can cleanse us in the book sense and so on from sin. But in a practical sense today, I, I mean, at that time, what it, we're what what is uh, what the fountain is opened is a fountain for unclean, uncleanness. Now there are people coming in to the church, to the house of David, from the world who do have to be cleansed from sin. The fountain has to be opened, okay? It is cleansing from sin too, but you have to understand that um, 
it is not cleansing us from sin in the same way it is cleansing the great multitude. Okay, I think that's that's easy to understand. But it will be worse affecting us too in the same way, in the sense that the halt and the lame and so on, those who are uh, who raise in the special resurrection, they're not going to have a fully regenerated, uh, glorified body, but they will be cleansed from the effects of the cancer or the, uh, the lameness or whatever that, 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 that they died from. And we also, so uh, uh, the, whatever uh, our sin, uh, uh, sorry, whatever our illness, our sickness, we have heart problems, this, uh, that, those things will be ameliorated. That is what the cleansing from uncleanliness is for the 144,000. Now, for those who are uh, uh, coming from the world, uh, they have to be cleansed from sin first, okay, just like we were. You cannot be cleansed, cleansed from uncleanliness until you are cleansed from um, sin. Um, when this fountain for sin and, and for uncleanliness is uncleanness, cleanliness, uncleanness is finally opened to the house of David, the crowning evidence will be seen that the consolidation of the two kingdoms is accomplished fact. Okay, and the, it is the time for the proclamation of the gospel. And then it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered. That and jumping down to here, that is at that time uh, that this gospel proclaiming kingdom is set up, it will be a church without guile, free from all idolaters and false teachers. And it shall be fed by one shepherd, even my servant David. Okay, so at that time that this kingdom is set up, it's going to be fed by David. David must be there to feed the sheep. If we don't want to have a special, special resurrection, we can understand uh, when the special resurrection must be, before that moment when David is to take charge. Yes, Brother Shane, you had your hand? Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, so, um, and it shall be fed by one shepherd, even my servant David. He shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant, David, a prince among them. Now, this is the one shepherd. There's one shepherd. There's not two shepherds. There are not three shepherds. There's one Elijah, one David, the one shepherd. If someone tells you there's two, and he's the second one, refer back to track eight, page 18. Okay, there isn't. But uh, uh, the enemy's... Um, Employees are, he, he reuses the same thing. Lord says one shepherd, he says two shepherds or three. Uh, or or um, in the case of some, there's one prophet out there who says there's three anatypical, Eli uh, sorry, three prototypical Elijahs and one anatypical Elijah. And it's not hard to guess who he makes the anatypical Elijah himself, okay? But, um, but brethren, all these things are... Um, just uh, completely free of any connection to the rod. They come from his head bowl, not from the golden bowl of the rod. In order to gain a proper knowledge, and this is my closing thought, 
in order to gain a proper knowledge of ourselves, it is necessary to look into the mirror and there discovering our own defects, avail ourselves of the blood of Christ, the fountain open for sin and uncleanliness, in which we may wash our robes of character and remove the stains of sin. Is that literal blood? If you are a Catholic, you almost believe in literal blood uh, there, but at least they don't sprinkle you with wine. Um, it's, it was a literal sacrifice on his part, but today it is the atonement, that spiritual atonement that is applied to us, okay? And it's, it is, the fountain is not literally the blood of Christ, it is uh, his grace, his power, uh, uh, his love. And that's why I said it wasn't making a full definition of that, of, of the fountain, of, of, the, of what the fountain is. Um, but um, but that's what it, that's it, that gives you the thought there, that it is these things. And um, at that point in time... Um, the people, we will have, be a different people. God can't pour out his spirit on us right now, even if he wanted to, which he does in a way, but he can't pour out his spirit on us because we are all too hard-hearted. Our hearts are not full of love. We don't have the concern for each other. We don't have the care. Until we care about each other, according to the golden rule, we will, he will not pour out apostolic power. This is a true teaching from the spirit of prophecy. It's a great secret that the message explains. And this is, the, this is what the, 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 um, the, the, the simplified the summation is, is that um, this fountain, this power, it cannot be poured out on us now or then if we are hard-hearted, if we are full of self, if we are full of our own ideas, our own ways, we will not, um, we will not have that opportunity to, to have the, um, uh, that power poured out. That, that fountain cannot cleanse us. Uh, we cannot be cleansed from our sin now. We cannot be cleansed from our infirmities later and even now too, to a certain extent. The Lord is very merciful and he is all powerful and he can help us now. And he will, brethren, he has promised that uh, no one who, who uh, accepts the message and lives the message will die. That is a very comprehensive statement that some people have explained away, some people reject, some people don't know exists. And some people uh, who are a little simple-minded take it just the way it is, okay? I take it just the way it is. It says that, it means that. It's true. You want eternal life? Obey. That obedience is the key to eternal life. It has always been that way. There's nothing new about it. And in not, we are not going to receive the seal if we have any spots, any imperfections in our character. There's nothing new what the message said. It just said it in a little different way, but it's, just, it's nothing new. 
but, I, but it is a promise and it is an encouraging promise to us. And I want us to, uh, if we can go away with something, I'd like us to go away with this in our mind. If we have in our minds the righteousness of Christ, if we learn what the message requires, and each requirement is our law that we must live by because we're going to be judged by it. We're going to be judged by each requirement. We don't get a chance to say which things we're going to obey and which things we're not. Brethren, obey, follow the message, and live. And uh, we are at the end of time now. It is possible, the Lord knows, we don't, but it is possible that we, if we, if we are true, if we are faithful, we will live to see all these things happen ourselves. So, uh, and I believe that, literally, I believe that. Uh, you, brethren, accept that and, and um, uh, live this in your life and you will see that the Lord is good. As we do our part, he will do his part. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.